back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And Andy's not here again. And we are very sad, but we are plowing ahead because we're professionals, damn it. Once more, unto the breach, just us. It's a classic Steve and Chris mess around. Mm, Shakespeare, we get a, a chance to quote that guy often. <sighs> Could also be a group of guys, if you know your history. But today... Oh, that's true, yeah. That <laughs> took me a second, like, what? Yeah, what's he talking about? Today we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's newest film, Nope, uh, which is divisive. And a lot of people use puns. And I can say, yep. I don't think we used a single yep pun in this review. Uh, I, I said it at one point, but no one heard me. So oh, thank I, God. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness. We actually have a very special guest to uh, the fill the void that Andy left in this episode. And it's uh, Sydney, uh, an awesome creator and uh, I would say friend, right? Friend oh, yeah. of mine on the TikTok and the Twitter and the YouTube. That's how you pronounce YouTube, I think. Yeah. The YouTubes. Uh, so you can follow uh, Sydney's work at Sydney Volpe, and uh, I highly recommend that you do that. She's very knowledgeable and very awesome. We had a really fun conversation coming up shortly. And she's super cool. Yeah, super yeah. cool, super gracious. And uh, even though we had a little bit of technological difficulties, um, just plow right through that and just consummate professionals. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. If anybody out there wants to pay me to do this, do that because uh, I'm good at it, right? That's all I'm trying to say. I pay you right now. Pay me, dude. Yeah, right. well, okay, I'll Venmo you. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the gun down. Uh, <laughs> but no, we had an interesting experience seeing Nope. And uh, if you, any of you folks out there have watched it this weekend, you have experienced the interestingness of it. And it's very, very polarizing film. And I like that about movies when they're polarizing. Mm-hmm. It's more fun than when everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, it definitely leads to a really good discussion when, yep. when there are competing, you know, uh, opinions about a film. Those are, those are honestly my favorite episodes of this show is when one of us maybe is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum as the others uh, on a film, or maybe someone follows fall somewhere in between the two, yeah. the two uh, extremes, you know, well, it's those just are like always the fun ones. Any story you need conflict, Steve, yeah, right? Yeah, Conflict. But, you know, like the everything everywhere all at once movie was like the four of us gushing. Uh, cause we had a guest on that episode too. I, I think Sean was here. Yeah, Sean uh, so we were all four gushing about this movie and that can be fun too. That movie in particular, there was still just a lot to talk about, but for the most part, it's definitely best if you have both sides of an opinion. I think it's best for the listener too, because no matter how they felt, cause there's going to be a lot of our listeners that were like, nope. And then <laughs> half of the listeners were like, yep. yep. And so we, we need them. Did we just become best friends? Yep. And so we need uh, both of those uh, viewpoints. So, it's, yeah, I always love it when we have an episode where we can disagree on. I love an episode where we all love something, but I'm I'm usually like I I always feel bad if there's ever an episode where we all hate something. Yeah, like, that's I, true. I still feel bad about our Godzilla versus King Kong review. Like to this day, like I'm like, oh man, I, I went too hard on that one. I you, feel bad about it. You went in. Yeah, <laughs> you pulled zero punches. Yeah. I feel bad about it to this day. I yeah. wake up sometimes like, God damn it. I, I hurt, wake up from I, a dead sleep. Dang. I hurt King Kong's feelings. <laughs> that was one of my biggest regrets in life. You're like, you're going to be the Titanic lady at the end. Like, it's been 84 years since I reviewed King Kong. And Bill Paxton's going to be like, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, why are you here? You're dead. <laughs> What's going on right now? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, you can look forward to that conversation very shortly. It was awesome. She's going to be back very soon. We're already making plans. Uh, but you can also email the show. We highly recommend that you do that. It's a fun time to to write those words and have us read them. You can do that at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to write in ideas for extra Patreon tiers and rewards. We're trying to pull from the audience of what you might be interested in. Well, this is the first episode they'll hear of this, Chris. So like, yeah, guys. Let us know. We, we want to expand our Patreon uh, tier system, and we just want to go to, directly to the source. What do you guys want? What do you want? What what would entice you to either become a, ma- a member, stay a member, maybe upgrade your membership? We, You know, you are the people we love, and the show is for you, so we just wanted to ask you before we decided, you know what they would love? A Discord. Yeah, we you have know? no idea what you want. Like maybe you might like, want. I don't even know what that is. $20 a month, I would pay if you guys uh, stepped on grapes with your bare feet and made streaming things wine. I would pay for that. Chris, quit trying to steal the ideas from my OnlyFans account. I swear to God. <laughs> sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. It's just a good idea. That's how I make my money. My income is from Steve's feed at OnlyFans.com. That's how we bought these microphones. Steve's wine. Yep. 
Thank these nine piggies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can also, speaking of which, go to patreon.com slash streaming things and subscribe at a variety of tiers and get different rewards. And as we just enumerated, maybe some more rewards here soon. We're trying to expand the Patreon page. Uh, thank you to all of the people that already subscribe and help keep the lights on and help allow us to do, you know, spend a ridiculous amount of hours each week in addition to our day jobs and stuff doing this stuff because we love it. We love yeah. movies. We love our listeners. Uh, we love love. We love love. We love love. We love Stranger Things. We'll still be talking about that periodically as... Sorry, I actually pressed the button. Sorry. We'll be talking about that periodically still as uh, as it necessitates, but also we're kind of gearing up into our House of the Dragon and Rings of Power coverage. So you can look forward to that um, next month. By the way, if there's any graphic designers out there, we're looking to design uh, a logo that's like reminiscent of both House of the Dragon and Rings of Power, but also streaming things, right? Like the way that our logo now is obviously a stranger things logo but you can see that it says streaming things right so i'm looking to to contract what is it commission someone to do that so mm-hmm. i don't know it just occurred to me steve we might have some graphic designer listeners yeah maybe if it reach out if, if you're interested yeah we, we'd love to work with you yeah that'd be awesome uh chris is there a contest happening sort of so you can go to there's a little app called q q u e u e not the other q yeah this is Don't a, panic. this is an anonymous type of q no 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 <laughs> and this is a, an app that allows you and on ios only i want to make that clear from jump so if you're an android user just kind of zone out like you know i, I assume you normally do if you use androids uh <laughs> that was a joke steve i don't actually care about technology preferences but apparently the company does. It's an iOS Quick only so far. Tim Cook's dick, all right? <laughs> you go to uh, the Q app and you can you can like put different movies and TV shows in a watch list and in a line. Hence the Q. It's a lot like uh. Letterboxd, except that, and I'm a Letterboxd guy. It has TV shows on it, so it's really handy, and also has other features like uh, a wheel randomizer that'll pull movies from your queue and pick something to randomly watch for you. Yeah. Full disclosure, I had never heard of this app before, Chris. It's pretty new. I had this, he he's kind of pioneering this sort of idea, and he showed me the app. And honestly, I downloaded it immediately because it does like, wow, that's like Letterbox, but better. It looks super handy, right? And I love the idea where you can put things in your queue, like you tell it, like I have these streaming services, and it lets you know, oh, these are the things out, and you can put them in queues. And then if you're home uh, at, uh, if you're at home one day and you don't know what to watch, you spin that wheel, and it'll be like, all right. It'll spin everything it's that's time, in your queue. Baby. It's like oh, it's time to watch. Yep. Uh, Mulholland Drive. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so if you follow me on that app, so it's Q-U-E-U-E, follow uh, Movies Are Therapy, just like my TikTok, and you'll be entered to uh, win a contest. And we'll pull a drawing from all the followers here shortly. Uh, And what we'll do is we'll allow you to pick something for us to watch and do a complete episode on. But you have to email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com with the subject line Q, Q Q-U-E-U-E, and let me know that you followed me so you can be entered to win. And that's what yeah. that is. Baby. That could be a screenshot. That could be you just telling him your username so he can verify yes. that you do follow him. But yeah, it's very important that you email us with the subject line Q, Q-U-E-U-E. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would very much appreciate if you did that. I'm just trying to build a little following on Q and, and build a community with the listeners so that they can like recommend stuff to me. And um, I think that'd be really fun. So let's try that out. Yeah. And if whoever wins, like we said, you get to dictate a whole episode of streaming things. Like you could say, you, and it has to be a movie. We do want to preface that. Yes. But you can tell us to watch any movie you want us to do an episode on and we have to do it. Yeah. You can't be like, I want you to watch all 13 seasons of Glee or whatever. I don't know how many seasons of Glee there are, but probably that many. We're not doing that. No, it's, it's a movie. And uh, it could be as long as it's a, like a real movie. Don't just be like, I oh, watch my my son's short film from <laughs> high school. <laughs> it had to get a theatrical release. It has uh, to have an MPA streaming. Yeah, yeah, just a movie movie. You guys know. But if it's, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that's I don't fine. Want, I don't want anyone to be like, I want you guys to watch Backdoor Sluts 9. Like, no, I, well, that's not that's this true. type of show. No, <laughs> so. yeah, wrong show. I don't know if that, that show exists. Probably does. Somewhere. Um, so yeah, subject line Q. I would appreciate it if you did that. And that's all the business news. You know, as usual, follow us on Twitter, Stream Think Pod, all that stuff. Google us, whatever. It's fine. And thank you so much for listening. Check out this conversation with Sydney. Well, as I said, we are here right now with Sydney, my friend from the interwebs. You might know her from YouTube. You might know her from TikTok, perhaps from Twitter, or maybe you've just seen her around. I don't know where you're from. And we're here to talk about Nope. And we've got some uh, diverse thoughts, I think, on the film. It is polarizing from what I'm seeing on the interwebs. And I'm excited for all of you to see it and listen to our thoughts. And Sydney, how are you? 
I'm doing great. I'm honored to be on streaming things. How are you guys? Oh, you shouldn't be honored. You, we're well, honored to have yeah, you. Yeah, we're honored to have you. We got we got Sid, Sid the Kid <laughs> on the show. Sid the Kid. In the flesh. <laughs> I honestly, I do love all of your stuff. Uh, I've been following you for, for quite a while now and uh, very astute lover of film. And I think you and Steve have a lot in common. I think your, your film tastes are very similar because Steve is a huge fan of like Carpenter and the thing and those kinds of things. Um, and I just watched the thing for the first time a few months ago and Steve was abhorred. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe this man not watching the thing? <laughs> I have a question for you, Sid, Sid, the kid. Yeah. Uh, I'm always interested when people have like little monikers like that online. I'm always interested, you know, how did you get to that moniker of Sid the kid? Was that just something that is there a story behind that or was it just, Oh, it rhymes with my name. Definitely just rhymes. Right. That is so uh, like interesting because I haven't been asked about that in so long and I kind of forgot that it was my Twitter handle. And I was like, why is he calling me Sid the kid? How does he, know that I didn't know. <laughs> but I did some deep research on my guests. Yeah. It's technically also my letterbox handle, but my letterbox handle is STK five, which just stands for Sid the kid. Um, I, no one really calls me that ever anymore, but all in growing up, everyone would call me Sid the kid, I guess just cause it rhymes. I would get Sid the squid. I think it's like a common thing for people named Sydney, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of just, where it came from now that my Twitter handle is from when I was like 12 and I just have never changed it. Why would you? It's perfect. That's, that's, it rhymes. 12 years old. So great. Is, 12 years old is where a lot of us come up with our our best material. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And if I got on Twitter on at 12 years old, that explained a lot. Well, Steve's Twitter handle is Steve may 13. So yeah. why would he change that? <laughs> and I did not make it's my perfect. Twitter handle when I was 12. So that shows you why. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was, there's him and 12 other guys have the perfect moniker on Twitter. Why would they change it? <laughs> uh, but so if you don't know Sydney, you can definitely follow her on TikTok. Uh, what is your handle on TikTok? Um, it's just my name, Sydney Volpe, V-O-L-P-E. And on most places, I'm like Sydney with the rocket emoji. I don't know how... Uh, accessible that is but that's, that's how i found you on tiktok was the rocket ship oh, okay because oh, i was originally perfect. typing were you just searching rocket ship emoji well no because you had mentioned her twitter <laughs> handle first and i got confused and thought that was her tiktok handle so i was searching for sid the kid and there was like a ton of and i'm like i don't think either of these are these people <laughs> this one's just filming her dog i mean i love it but <laughs> So then I learned about the rocket ship and I was like, oh, it's, yep, definitely her. This one. Boom. Yeah. I've got to standardize. There's actually um, another Sydney Volpe in Boston, which is like the strangest co- coincidence because she's like the only other Sydney Volpe on social media. And she <laughs> has, she has this straight up Sydney Volpe tag on every social media. I'm thinking about messaging her being like, can I pay you? Cause I need to standardize all yeah. my tags. I'm an influencer. So I need the name. <laughs> You're kind of screwing up the brand. With your bullshit. (laughs) I'm a kindergarten teacher. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) No, I need the brand. But yeah, that's where you can, you you can follow Sydney's work. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm surprised you don't have hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, uh, I really enjoy your content and and your thoughts and you're a huge lover of film. And I really appreciate that because it can get, uh, it's, it's a dicey place talking about movies on the internet for some reason sometimes and so i i cling to the nice people that just want to love the the stuff so i appreciate what you do thank you i i appreciate that and i love your stuff too and you've been rocketing into stardom lately which is more than deserved well thank you i should put the rocket emoji on my name i guess you should you have to don't, pay me for it though don't scoop her heat man that's her thing. <laughs> It's been surreal. It's been surreal. And, um, but yeah, it's fun times. Uh, it's, but we're here today to talk about Nope. And, yep. uh, Sydney's actually, you've seen the movie more than us, right? You saw it twice. Uh, yeah, I actually, I saw it at like 10 AM this morning for the second time. Well, we appreciate your dedication because I know that you didn't really have the greatest time the first time, at least I think, but let's, let's talk about that. What was your experience each time? What are your overall thoughts without spoilers on Nope? Yeah. Um, no spoilers. Nope. Nope. Definitely for a loop. It's kind of, I feel like when you, when you're really into film, you hit these milestones of, of movies that just really, really challenge you. 
and Nope was a tough one for me because I, I've I've been so excited for it. I love Jordan Peele. I think Get Out is like almost perfect. I know a lot of people don't like us, but I think it's still like a really solid thriller. Um, and I went into Nope with admittedly high expectations. Um, and I just had like a really bad time. And I, I went into full crisis mode. I like lost sleep over this. Oh, no. I was like, why did I was like, why did I not like this movie? All my friends are giving it five stars. Um, and I wish I had just had a different experience. It was almost unexplainable to me. And then I saw it the second time today. And I feel like I can explain it a little bit more. And I, and as more people are seeing it, there are definitely people that share the same thoughts, but, um, I think, I think Jordan Peele is a genius. I can definitely see why people think the movie is a masterpiece, but for me, it, I'm more, uh, in love with the idea of it than I was with the experience of it. I think that there are so many interesting things that he's getting at with like it as a sci-fi film and as a tribute to all these iconic films of the past and just like a classic alien summer blockbuster. But for me, it came together to just be like a little less than the sum of its parts. Um, There were little moments that I really clicked with and enjoyed, but it didn't really create this all encompassing, all encompassing experience that I think other people are having. Um, I had to talk about it with no spoilers. I don't know, but I definitely would encourage people to just go into it, try and have a good time. Don't, don't go in with any expectations because I think he definitely is throwing a lot at you that like, you're not going to be expecting. And he's definitely done something really interesting and really special, but it's going to be pretty divisive. I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of my overall thoughts. Awesome. Steve, what was your experience watching Nope? Uh, So my experience with Nope was very positive. Uh, I actually did walk away from this movie. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, As of now, I would put it in my top five so far of the year because I just liked it that much. But I'm also coming at it from a perspective of, you know, I I love... I'm I'm very partial to sci-fi. I'm very partial to alien movies in particular. Did you Um, emphasize... The Fi? Sci-fi? Sci-fi? Similar to to podcast? Yeah, podcast, Um, sci-fi. So I I had, and I had a very big, I I had high expectations for this movie as well, because I I love Get Out. I actually have not seen Us, which is a blind spot for me personally, Um, but I really want to see it. I just haven't gotten around to it. So I I, I was like, oh, I I love Jordan Peele. He's he's been doing the, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking right now, the the sci-fi show twilight zone twilight zone yes he's been doing twilight oh, yeah. zone so it's like oh this would be kind of a right up his alley type thing mm-hmm. and i really like the the talent that's involved in the movie and you know watching it you know what sydney was kind of alluding to like there are definitely things that he throws at you that are incredibly unexpected i i remember leading up to seeing this movie a lot of people were pretty upset at the second trailer for nope because they were like oh this spoils the whole yeah. movie and really it does not uh, there's so much that happens in the movie that it, it, I did not expect. And we'll, we'll get into what that is. And I, I do like how I feel like this movie has, and much like a lot of his movies do, it has a lot to say about uh, societal issues. And I think this movie is maybe the more, I don't want to say subtle, but it's definitely like not the, he's not speaking to, I think the hot button issues, mm-hmm. similar to like how Get Out was. It was sure. It's a very important social commentary film, but like this movie, it definitely has a thing to say. And I, I, um, you know, I, I, I sympathize with it. I engage with it because I'm kind of in that world a little bit. Um, so I, I had a great time with it. Um, someone asked me this on Twitter cause everyone, a lot of my listeners know, a lot of our listeners know that I have like this weird alien phobia. That's why I like alien films so much. Cause it's one of the only things like I can go into any horror movie and I won't get scared. But if I go to an, an alien horror movie, then, Oh my God, I'm never leaving the house. Uh, <laughs> so someone reached out like, Hey, I also have an alien phobia. Will this, will this movie scare me? Cause a lot of people are saying it's not very scary. And it's like, no, honestly, no, I don't think it's a very scary film. It's a thrilling film. There's only one scene in the middle that as someone with an alien phobia, even got oh, to yeah. me. And well, I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, so it's not super scary. It's very thrilling and it's a very thoughtful movie, I think. But uh, Chris, how about yourself, my friend? Um, I like both of you. I mean, nobody who like loves film uh, and is like immersed in it all the time 
is not going to have high expectations for this film. I think, I mean, that might sound like a jackass thing to say, but you know what I mean? Like the, the fervor around Jordan Peele ever since get out, um, and, and the anticipation of this film, I feel like has been like ubiquitously high. And so I had super high expectations yeah. and I like Sydney really enjoyed us. Um, I, I found that to be a, a great follow-up that went in a different direction, a, a kind of a wider swing, a little more out there, but like, uh, you know, like Lupita Nyong'o was incredible. Um, the, the score, I mean, everybody still jams to that, that score, uh, and the soundtrack to that movie. It, it was an, an indelible mark on the culture, right? It was a good follow-up. I felt like, um, and I've seen it, I think two or three times just for funsies. I think it's really good. And I love Jordan Peele's tendency to kind of bring a lot of his, his comedic talent to bear. Mm -hmm. None of them are technically horror comedies, but there's just, they're just fun. There's a lot of humor in them. Yes. Um, so I I was like, this, this movie is going to fucking rock. And Steve and I actually had a really bad experience. I talked a bit, a lot on TikTok, but when we went to AMC, we're both a A list members. Um, we didn't get invited to any screenings or anything. So it was a Thursday night. And all of my friends had already seen it and given it high reviews, like Sydney was saying. And I was so excited for it. And I knew that we were doing this show today. So I had to watch it. And the AMC had network issues. So they couldn't, whatever that means. So they couldn't show any movies. So they were just like turning us away at the door. Yeah. They're effectively closed. Yeah. And Steve and I looked at each other like, what the hell? Uh, we have a lot of theaters in the area, but I, you know, we That's our a, theater, a tight schedule. And that was our theater theater. Yeah. I said schedule. Ironically, I just want all the listeners to know. <laughs> so, the, so we raced to another theater that is a shithole, uh, but was the closest. <laughs> and I purposely never go there because like I took my son to see, uh, Yes. Like in a way that like some of the screens are dented and like, so the, the movies distorted and they just don't care. The speakers are blown and like the, they use uh, Pepsi products, like that's, <laughs> like a trash hole. Yeah, just a, just a shit hole. And so, <laughs> so I go there and they all have like off brand, different candy. You know what I mean? Like you don't get raisinets. There's just chocolate covered raisins and that's a small thing, but it pisses me off because they're also $9, you know? Yeah. Um, like you pick these up this isn't at the a dollar, dollar store. This isn't a dollar saver cinema. This is a legit, <laughs> yeah. like they, they charge full prices, but they have their, their, their auditoriums look like this. Yeah. It's a national corporate theater chain. So that's what makes me so angry about it. But anyway, so we go in there and of course, uh, they've got this aspect ratio bullshit weirdness that like the entire screen is not being utilized by the Nope film. They don't have curtains to cover it or anything. It's just like blank screen framed around the Nope movie. That annoys me. I'm like, okay, the bulbs need changed in the screen. So it's flickering in and out and then the speakers are blown. So when the score crescendos, it's like, and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I'm having a great time. Um, But despite all of that, I, I feel like, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound like an elitist pretentious prick, but that might just be who I am. And it's unavoidable. Um, when you watch movies, like sometimes two or three movies a day, five or six days a week, and then TV shows on the off days, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, at a certain point, you just want to be surprised. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you start to pick up on these familiar tropes and, and story beats and they're, you love them. They're awesome. But at the same time, any kind of like stark subversion of that can sometimes elevate a movie beyond maybe what it should be. Um, and I'm thinking of like, like Cronenberg does it a lot. Uh, uh, Julia Ducourneau has been doing it to me a lot. Like with her two movies that I've seen, like I just never know what the fuck's about to happen. And I, I kind of love that even though I'm equally equal parts confused. Is that the Titan? Yeah. Titan. And then before that raw, like when you're watching Tatan, you're not like, oh, I know what the, where this is going. You know, <laughs> she's going to love that car. Yeah, she's going to have sex with the car as they do. <laughs> Same old trope. You know, <laughs> so it's just like, at least you're surprised. Christine right? did it first. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm watching Nope and I thought I knew from the second trailer, like kind of where it was going. And then I'm realizing I'm spending half the movie trying to figure out what it's saying. And I think you could argue that that's not good. Right. But for me, I kind of, I like to work sometimes and I really enjoy, like, I I can feel that there's something here and I think it's going to take me four or five watches to fully grasp it. And I love that. Like, this is awesome. This is elevated to me. I like this feeling. Um, I'm having fun puzzling this out. And what's good about Jordan Peele though, is it's not, it's much more accessible than David Lynch or Cronenberg in the sense that like, even if you're not worried about all of that, 
you know, it's loud, it's pretty. And it, you know, there's interesting stuff happening to carry you through that. Even if you don't care. Um, I know that was a long way around saying I had a great fucking time. I might've been a little too quick on the five-star button. I'm willing to admit that. And I'm going to leave it until I see it again. Um, but I definitely had a blast and, you know, just Steve and I's conversation walking out. Did you see it by yourself both times, Sydney? Um, nope. I saw it with two. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it with two of my friends who actually aren't very into film. Um, the first time one of them loved it. One of them hated it, which was really interesting. Oh, that's and this mix. morning, this morning I did see it alone. Cause Steve, like he said, he's a huge fan of this shit. And so I feel like the conversation Steve and I had in the parking lot took that from a four star to a five to me. Um, right. like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Like we were, like, there was no J's being passed or anything, but that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, man. And then, uh, <laughs> how do you feel, Sydney? What do you feel about, uh, the movie signs M night Shyamalan? I love signs. Really? It's, I, oh my gosh, I think it's pretty much perfect. It's my second favorite. I mean, M night Shyamalan is, he's not my favorite. He's probably my second favorite director, but, um, I adore him and it's probably my second favorite movie from him. What's your number one um, favorite movie of his? Uh, it is actually the village. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Like okay. <laughs> but, um, why, what is, why do you ask? Well, number one, Steve, uh, like signs is his favorite horror film of all time. Uh, oh, wow. And oh wow, yeah, he's very highly esteemed in his in his mind. But also, I think it's a relevant question, or at least I thought it was, because I felt like this movie reminds me a lot of Signs. You know, like a lot of it is uh, objectively works really, really well, but it's at the same time where it goes is not for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you could say that right. about Signs. Um, and so, Nope just reminded me of that, not in its filmmaking techniques, but in its like aesthetic kind of, you know? Um, so I, I, my theory was that Sydney hated signs. So I, I was way off. <laughs> well, that's so interesting because, um, my, uh, I think my biggest issue with the film is how heavily it's paying tribute to those movies because I love, you know, Jaws, Signs, Close Encounters, because I, think so highly of those films it was almost distracting mm -hmm. um how similar it was and how direct the tribute was to it which is also the reason that so many people are loving it they're like oh my god this is like it's so spielbergian it's it's this feels just like signs like stuff like that um and yeah he was definitely doing a lot of that here jordan peele definitely loves movies yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Well, let's get into it just so we don't have to be as careful. We can just be free like little birdies. Uh, if you have not seen Nope, Jordan Peele's third film, uh, please go away. Right. <laughs> you are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. <laughs> that's our spoiler bumper, Sydney. <laughs> yeah, that's not, okay. I was like, that's not to you. No, <laughs> it's that's, a Stranger uh, Things clip. that's Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things saying bullshit, 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 uh, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Uh, so Sydney, take it away. What did you, 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 you I, I love your commitment that you went to see it a second time just to kind of make sure or get more clarity on what specifically you didn't like about the film. I don't think uh, anybody but a true film nerd would do that. Like, let me go just see what I didn't like about this, you know, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. I feel that. So lay it on us. Your second viewing, you, you came to some clarity about what you didn't like. What was it? Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely was able to kind of nail down what didn't work for me. And because I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to speak too confidently because it's like, I don't want to act like I'm, I can watch that movie in one sitting and, and understand it. Um, uh, because there is so much going on there. Um, so much thematically that he's getting at and, lots of different interweaving like narrative points that all have a lot of meaning. Um, and I think, I don't know, it's, it's really, really tricky because there is so much going on in it, but it is a behemoth of a film. And I think that it just didn't work for me as a cohesive. I didn't think it was very cohesive, even though I thought what he was getting out was so, um, interesting. And I do think a lot of it. Okay. I just wrote my letterbox review this morning. I'm totally struggling to explain this, but I think what I came down to is that he was, I was distracted by how intentional 
the film was. Like I was aware of what Jordan Peele was trying to do that I couldn't let myself kind of just get lost in like the mystery and like the more thrilling aspect of it. And so I never felt totally immersed in the film. I, um, as Steven brought up there, there is one, there are a couple of sequences in here that are like absolutely disturbing and terrifying. And I loved that aspect of the movie, but the more, um, standard plot of just like the alien invasion, I never thought was very, um, compelling, and I don't know if this is making any sense right now. No, it is. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think what you kind of met, talked about a little bit ago about the the film not having perfect cohesion. Uh, I think that's a very fair criticism because one of the one of the criticisms I have of the movie is is there is a little bit of a disconnect with some of the 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 plots. Like from the, the movie wants to go from A to B, and they don't quite. There, or maybe they want to go to C, but they don't go to B first is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like a big part of the movie is, you know, there's this, we think it's a spaceship. It's really an alien. Right. And, uh, Steven Yun's character has been feeding it for six months, hoping it to, to like start making a profit off of this. And he's got like a bunch of, you know, employees that work for him that he's bought suits to look like aliens. And cause he's going to start mm-hmm. marketing this shit, but they never quite, make that point until it just flat out tells you halfway through the movie, this is what's happening. So when it does happen, it's like, Oh, I'm confused. Like there's a, the scene that really scared me where, where um, his employees are dressed up like aliens and they go into the barn and they, and they, fu- they fuck with them for a little bit. And, and the movie ends with, or that scene ends with one of them taking off the alien mask after uh, they get punched. And my first thought was like, who is that? I don't know who that is because they don't establish who mm-hmm. that person is. So when he's like, oh, that's so-and-so's employees, like, what? Yeah, the Jup- I didn't know who Jupiter was. I didn't yeah. know that it was the <laughs> Steven Yeun we just met. Yeah, and then, and then of course, when it reveals that he's been feeding the alien the whole time, it was like, oh, that's why he's been using... I don't know, there was just a weird... They didn't quite land that connection. So when those reveals happened, they didn't quite feel earned. And I think that kind of speaks to the cohesion, uh, cohesion part. Yeah. Right. It's, I, I just feel like there's a lot to dive into. And, and I got ripped apart by a few people for saying this, but I like at the very least that the, the fact that this kind of conversation uh, can happen means that there's something of above average merit to a film. You know what I mean? Like when it gets people to to argue or talk about like this, I think that that's, that's what we need. And not every film does that. Like you watch like a, I don't know, like nobody's sitting for hours talking about Transformers. It's like, yeah, it was fucking cool, man. He was like, more than me. Yeah, I, like it was dope. Do you guys really think the Decepticons were the bad guys? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I guess you, you could have a, a think piece, I guess. But like, there's so much to pick apart, I think. Um, and when I was working out, like the main theme to me seemed to be like the grossness of our society's tendency to like commodify trauma and tragedies. Because you have the the Steven mm-hmm. Steven Yeun's character, um, Jupiter. He was the child actor that watched everybody get mauled by uh the chimpanzee that was on set, right? Who saw that coming, by the way? Yeah, nobody. Big, big part of the plot Not has to me. deal with the chimpanzee going crazy and killing a bunch of people. But on it's a TV all set. just backstory to explain his thinking about how to commodify the alien invasion, right? Because mm-hmm. He has turned his ranch into a theme park for the worst thing that's ever happened to him in his life. And he, and he, he like rents it out for people to have sex in that room with all the other uh, memorabilia and stuff. Right. Like right. it's all commentary on how people love this shit. And I think I'm not positive, but I think uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character being named OJ. And there's even like a joke in the first act of the movie about that. Like the white lady's like, Ugh, right. I, yeah. I think it's on purpose that he's like a callback to OJ Simpson because like that whole scenario of OJ potentially murdering his wife, like that became something everybody was obsessed with, right? Like this is amazing. This is great entertainment. And he's saying, this is fucking weird and gross that we do this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, the motorcycle guy that comes up from TMZ, like it's all, I haven't put it all together, obviously, cause I'm stumbling. Right. But I think that's the main thrust of the film is like, 
you're weird and you should feel weird and you should look at this, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> that we as a society do this constantly. And, and we even do it to ourselves from the Steven Yoon's character. Right. And I just, that's when I started like somewhere on the middle of the third act, um, like right before it ended, you know what I mean? I started kind of like clicking everything. And I, that's when I was like, and I love this. I don't even care where it goes, which, cause it doesn't go anywhere. Super satisfying. Um, I think the, the, the resolution there at the ending with the giant Frisch's big boy guy, uh, was a little strange. Uh, I don't think it was <laughs> set up perfectly to understand why he was so vulnerable. And that's the thing. And I know I'm droning on way too long, but it's like, there's a lot you can pick apart about like the science of this film and the way that things are set up as far as the biology of this creature. And why would it be so invincible to everything else, but so vulnerable to something as simple as a giant balloon. Right. And are we supposed to believe that he drives around sucking everything up, but hasn't gotten another large balloon before ever, you know, or he just like <laughs> take a whole barn or house out. The balloon was a big person. Yeah. But I'm saying like, he's already sucked like a bunch of uh, houses and barns and horses and saddles and couches and rakes, but oh, he didn't want those. He no, spat them out, spat them back out. But are you saying he <laughs> swallowed? Wait, wait, wait. So are you saying he swallowed the balloon? This sounds so weird to talk about. He swallowed the balloon deeper <laughs> because he thought it was a person than he would have yeah, say a was, couch. It was looking at him and it was like, Oh, I got to eat you. Cause you're looking at me. Uh -huh. It had a face. Well, it, it wouldn't. <laughs> what were you saying, Cindy? I was gonna say it would it that was the only way it could have been a Jaws reference. <laughs> it's something big that was gonna explode. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch like the barrel illusion. I just was thinking of the Shark and Sky reference to Jaws, but the very end is the True same as Jaws. Nice. So you it, I know. So instead of getting that satisfying, oh, this is Jaws, oh, this is signs, you were thinking this is bullshit. That's Jaws and that's science, right? You had the opposite reaction to those feelings. Yes, which is so, I know it sucks. Like, I wish I could make the decision to have not had that experience with it. But I think what you said is like earlier is kind of at the core of like how different people are going to react to this is, your, is how you said there is merit to having all of this going on in the first place. Um, which is something that I struggle with a lot when like thinking about or evaluating film. Like I see it as a whole, the separation between what I know is going on and how I feel while I'm actually um, watching it. And I think it was so ambitious that that was arguably what the issue was for me. And so it is kind of like the opposite experience of, I, I walked out of it being like, uh, I know there's so much to talk about here, but it doesn't really matter if it was just so many ideas in a hodgepodge of like, I mean, I personally feel like a lot of the film just comes across as a little bit incoherent. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it is just that dichotomy between the experience and the idea, because it is so interesting. And I think it's such an important commentary on yeah, how we commodify trauma and we commodify spectacle um is genius it's like how who even comes up with that like there's so much he's threading through here that i don't think i've ever seen in the movie before um but yeah it was kind of i did find the references almost distracting when it came to just watching it as like a blockbuster as like a thriller it didn't it prevented me from actually being like fully immersed in the film i think sure it, stuff like that can be distracting and take away from the from the experience for sure and I liked your, I read your review on Letterboxd and I, I like, you know, the way that you, you said it like, Hey, I, I, I'm trying to force myself to like, enjoy these, these things that I'm saying, right. I know the same things that I hate everyone else is loving. And that even that in itself is frustrating me. Sure. And, and I understand what that feels like. And I know that you go in wanting to like a film. That's why I, I like your work. And I, um, you know, connect with you as a creator. Cause that's how I am. Like I never go in wanting to not like a film. I think that's the dumbest yeah. thing ever. Like, why would you not want to have fun? I want to hate watch this. It's like going into a party. Like this, <laughs> this party's going to fucking suck. You know, like yeah. then don't go. That's yeah. a weird, that's a weird feeling to have. Right. Very weird. Uh, so I, I liked 
One aspect that I so I love movies that do when you when you leave the movie theater, you, it, it gives you stuff to discuss. Like maybe the the ending is either ambiguous or maybe the themes you can really kind of chew on the meaning of what the scenes were. Like I, I love Blade Runner. I love you know any movie like that that kind of leaves the audience. You can discuss and like I think this happened. Well, I think this happened, and no one's wrong, right? Because it just depends on how you interpret things. Right. Or the ending and of the thing is a perfect example. The ending of the thing. Like that's, yeah. right. Everybody thinks that's so fun because everybody has their own opinion on what even happened right and i think that it's a very fine line to pull that off because otherwise you're just pissing people off yeah um like for instance i'm not a fan of david lynch so i understand what i think sydney's saying perfectly like like, i don't like any of his movies and a lot of people tell me you're not supposed i don't want to make a voice and make fun of them but i'm going to Uh, like you're not supposed to get it (laughs) like it doesn't mean anything that's the whole thing is he's like rebelling against the system and i'm like that's fucking dumb what do you mean? It's not supposed to, I'm not supposed to get it. Like that's, that, that upsets me. Now I don't like you either, you know? Um. <laughs> but, well, like one of, so one of the things I took away from this movie, cause I think Chris, we, we had a discussion about the commodification of trauma. I think this movie also has a lot to say about the, the Hollywood industry in and of itself. That's what so, I haven't fully grasped what he's trying to say. Cause obviously he is right. Because there's the, the Hollywood well, horses, there's the cinematographer and there's the child actors, but I haven't put right. them all together. Well, I mean, literally the, the, the UFO creature, uh-huh. right? Which is a, a, the big UFO, no matter what you say, can be like a big iconography of cinema. Like that's a very cinematic looking UFO, the, the, the flying saucer. Some people said it looks like a sombrero it's, in the sky. It's literally sucking people up and shitting them out. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the industry does to a lot of people. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll suck you in, use you for what it needs, and then it'll shit you out without having any regard for you as a person. And this movie, and that, I think that's illustrated in the way that they treat um, Kiki Palmer and uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character. OJ. OJ. Yeah. It's how exactly how they treat them. Like their father passed away and now they're just kind of like, well, we don't really, we don't like them as much. Like we've, we've, we liked his dad. Yeah. We liked his dad. We don't need you anymore. We're not going to help you because we don't actually like really care about you and your, your human suffering of, of going through losing a father figure. Right. And, like they keep flashing back to his dad and <laughs> saying stuff like you have to really respect a predator. And I think there's a lot of predators in Hollywood. In fact, like definitely, I, in fact, the, the, the TMZ guy at the end, mm. when he shows up, they're like, Oh, uh, there's a guy there. And when I saw the trailer, I thought that was supposed to be like a police officer just because the way it, it reminded me of like a THX one, one, three, eight helmet. Like one of those dudes from yeah, the, the mirror helmet throws me off, and so I I assumed that that was going to be like a police officer showing up to bust them, and but no, for them it's even worse. It's a TMZ reporter, the only law in Hollywood, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about like what they see, and they're almost like the police of the industry, which is uh, such a weird but true kind of statement in a weird way. And th- there's other examples that are, that I'm blanking on right now, but like I oh, and the cinematographer. Um, Actually, I was telling Chris when we left the movie, there's a couple jokes in this, in this movie. I'm not sure if people who aren't in the industry are going to get. Because at one point, the cinematographer's like, man, we could film this during golden hour. It's going to be really great. And then right before he dies, the reason he dies is he literally is going to die for his art because he wants to get an even better shot at golden hour. Yeah, they already like, got the footage they need, but now the the... He's like, sun's coming down in an hour. I'm going to go uh-huh. on the top of the hill. So he literally is dying for his art. And it's just, to some people that I think that could come across as like, well, that doesn't make sense. What do you That's think? That's a dumb, uh, why did he do that? But as I know people like that who are like, I'll fucking, I got to get the shot. I do you think Jordan shot. Peele was um, elevating that person and saying like, this is a noble thing? Or do you think he was like, what a douchebag? I think it's. Because I couldn't it, tell. It can be both. I think it's like. He's raising up like this guy is willing to die for his art, but ultimately that's kind of silly. You know, you you can respect someone who's willing to do that and loves the craft enough, but at the, at the, at the, you know, but at what cost, like, what does it mean? He literally got sucked up by the system and it's just going to shit him out regardless, you know? Sure. Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that there are so many different motivations going on and at climax for like why they want the shot and how they're all so, so desperate to get it. And I think that was really interesting. Like, the TMZ guy comes along and his helmet is reflective and there's all these, you know, motifs with like the horse getting its own reflection and, and looking in the creature's eyes and, and she, uh, she, or I think it was Daniel Kluya who kind of sees his reflection in the helmet and he's like, don't you want to be somebody? Um, like telling him that he needs to get the shot and stuff. And, uh, 
yeah, I do think, I think that the cinematographer getting sucked up, I think is definitely like a further uh, commentary on just that greed and like what everyone is willing to sacrifice just to make it. And it's just going to end up shitting you out in the end anyways. Yeah. And it also speaks to how like all these big budget Hollywood films in general, the real heroes are the people who no one knows their names. Like Daniel Kaluuya in the climax of the movie is literally riding around in a Scorpion King crew hoodie. Yeah. You know, like, and that's he, a by on purpose, yeah. you know, cause it's mm-hmm. the shittiest movie he could think of to include in this movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's, we we often don't know the names of the hundreds of people that literally work incredibly hard to get movies made. And mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. only know the cinematographer, the director or the star. Hoyt Van Hoytema. Hoyt, yeah, Hoyt Can't Hoytema. forget that name. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I love the way you're talking about it. It's making me that's see, that's how I got this extra star. Sydney is having this conversation out <laughs> in the parking lot, right? right? And because ultimately I was thrilled, like thrilled, like, uh, were you not scared of the sombrero sucking him up? And like, it was <laughs> no, really? You weren't like, Oh my God. <laughs> what, what, Sydney, no. what did you think well, of the, the fun house digestive track? Okay. <laughs> sucked that everyone up? Was- fucking terrifying that was really just like the claustrophobia of it and how everyone it's like yeah that was really really scary and then like the rain um, of blood on the house where eventually i guess they get to a crunchy spot <laughs> um <laughs> yeah that that was good and i think that like i think someone mentioned it earlier that i would have loved if it went way deeper into any one of these individual things going on um like the monkey thing. And I think that what's going on with Steven Yoon's character was so interesting because it's mm-hmm. his cycle of like, he was the one being exploited when he was a child, um, being a child actor. And he, the monkey didn't kill him because, um, I don't know. I mean, it's like all the dynamics and the, the monkey industry, is but he ends up also being exploited. Up, yes. Um, and that's why it acts out. And then, but he goes on to just do the same thing anyways. And then eventually he, he meets his um, demise. And and there was something I wanted to ask you guys that's a little more tangible than me just saying, like, I didn't have a good time. But I think a lot of people are having issues connecting with it because of the character work. And I was asked, I was going to ask if you guys felt like you really sympathized with the characters or you felt connected to, like, why like their response to all these these events. Because I didn't feel particularly connected to them, even though I love the performances. So in re- regards to like Emerald and OJ, like the Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. I love their characters. I thought their dynamic was awesome because um, she's almost lightweight annoying, right? Like she's over the top, <laughs> um, but in a way that's charming. And especially in relation to Daniel Kaluuya's character, because OJ is just very reserved um, and hesitant and shy, but in a way that's also charming because he has little smirks and tiny jokes when he's comfortable around his sister uh, or like when he's in the barn and the, the part that terrified Steve when he's just like, nope, nope, nope. Uh, title of the movie. Like our theater erupted in laughter because that's funny, right? Um, yeah, Jordan yeah. Peele likes to name his movies based off what the audience reactions to them would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I absolutely did identify with him. I thought it was, I was rooting for him for sure. Um, and again, I was I spending a lot of time, a lot of mental space watching this film, trying to work out the stuff that we're talking about now. And I do think that they're like, you could argue that's fine that you think that that's there, but I don't think he pulled it off. And I think both things are correct. Um, I could see how it's very valid that, you know, that's a great ambition that he had, but it didn't quite pull it off. Uh, but like the monkey, um, because I think the the animals play into what Steve was talking about earlier is the people that get uh, chewed up and spit out, right? Yeah, and I don't think there's any coincidence that the movie's broken up in chapters named after the specific horses and then yes. the, the monkey as well. But I, also, I, I did want to his production company is called Monkey Paul Productions. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. And there's a really? scene right before the monkey gets shot. It's the monkey giving nucks to the little kid. Yeah, and it zooms in on the monkey's paw, and then the monkey gets shot. So I think what he's saying is they're doing this to me. They're holding. Me me up they're calling me a genius it's all fucking fake they're gonna shoot me in the head as soon as they can't make another dollar off of me that's a good point and i love that about this movie because he's Mm -hmm. uh the cinematographer says at one point on the phone um something about like the dream of being on the top of the hill and everybody looking up at you is one you can never wake up from and i'm getting chills now right because he's the top now right like everybody's like jordan peele's such a genius and i think he's saying 
fuck all of you. This is bullshit. Like you don't love me. You don't respect me. You're just using me. And I know it. You're never going to get me because I know it. Right. And I think that that's cool. <laughs> I think that that's fucking cool. But go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. Well, I just wanted to get that out. I did want to like go back to the, the, the monkey and young Steven Yin's character. Back to the give, monkey. Give Nux. Yeah. The first exploding fist. Yeah. I monkey. Nux. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I love that. That's such an important part to that character's story. Cause he's scared, you know, this, this, this predator that they tried to tame cannot be tamed. So it like lashes out and kills everybody. It does not kill him. It still gives him the Nux. And I think that is such a motivating factor for that character. Why he thinks he's the one who can tame the UFO right. creature. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I had a special connection with this, this quote unquote predator. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I really like that backstory to almost to the point. Like, I think I told Chris when we left the movie, like I kind of just want a movie about that. Oh, yeah, like the monkey slaughter set would have yeah. been a great movie. And how I think it, Sydney would have loved that. How would it affect uh, that character? That. <laughs> he, he meets his his fun cowboy wife and they decide to have a fun cowboy theme park. For, I would love to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We can get, uh, get some good spinoffs here. No, but I totally understand where you're coming from, Sydney. Like I, when you feel like you're taking crazy pills and like your creator community, it's the worst. Um like, for instance, and I, I don't even speak this out loud a lot. I, I don't really care to say I'm not a big fan of Lynch because I think even Lynch fans are like, yeah, good. He's mine because I'm smart. We don't want you. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I really don't. I rarely connect with Sam Raimi. And I know that you're a huge Raimi fan. <gasps> I know. Yes. I know. And <laughs> and so, like, and that hurts me. It hurts. You know, I'm frustrated because I'm watching Evil Dead. Like, I don't think this, I don't think he meant this to be funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean <laughs> I think you're all making jokes. Yeah, I think I think he just failed to make it scary. And yeah, it's funny now, but the tree's doing, I don't like what the tree's doing. I don't, oh my God, that's too funny. I don't like this, you know, and uh, that's I how actually, I feel. I didn't, I didn't love the first Evil Dead either. Yes. If that, if that makes you feel better. It does make me feel a little better. And I like the quick and the dead. I like all the movies that, from Raimi that people don't like. Um, and, and But what, what I'm getting to with this is like when you're talking about it with other you know, film fans that you, that you admire and that you respect that you typically uh, have an accord with, you kind of feel like, damn, should I watch it again? You know? And sometimes it's okay. Right. Just to, it's not for me. Yeah. It's a subjective art form, you know, and not everything exactly. is going to appeal to everybody. And that's part of the beauty of it. We can like talk to each other about why I liked, because Sydney might l- love a movie that I don't, but her perspective on it is, will give me like an inch. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. That's a really cool way of thinking. I don't agree necessarily, but I think that's a very interesting point of view. Absolutely. Right. I mean, the movie's batshit and doesn't make a whole lot of sense as far as <laughs> like what the creature is. How did the creature get there? Like, I understand what everybody's saying. I just think sometimes why people is it are a jellyfish now. You're right. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, somebody texted me from TikTok and was like, uh, I think it's supposed to be another biblical reference because like, like biblically oh, like an angel? angels are supposed to be like giant, crazy apparatus in actuality in the Bible, not like human looking things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fair actually. Um, so, and, and it does have that line, like, is there a word for a bad miracle? So I guess that that's such a good line. Well, that, wait, that's so interesting because it opens up with that. Yeah. That biblical. And then the, the tech guy's name is angel. Oh shit! Um, I was gonna say, like, I'm wondering if the shape of the alien is like a reference to some sort of creature design or something. But yeah, an angel makes a lot more sense. I forgot the guy's uh, name was Angel. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. See, and the the quote at the beginning is, "I will pelt you with filth and treat you with contempt. I will make a spectacle of you." Um, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot there. But are there any last thoughts that you want to impart on your on Nope? Um, I was about to say nope again. I know. I was. I, wait, I, I set you up for it. I was teeing you up. <laughs> the answer is actually yep. I I just yeah. I, I mean, with something like this, it's it's such a huge fucking swing from Keel, and I respect that and I appreciate that. I loved hearing your thoughts on it. I haven't actually really spoken out loud to people about the film, just been like messaging about it. But it it definitely my watch this morning confirmed that I love the idea and everything that he's saying with the film. I just didn't enjoy watching it. Like sometimes that's kind of all there is to yeah. it. And it's a huge, huge bummer. But that's what film is. Like you said, it's subjective and 
Do you, there are going to be you, a lot of people who probably won't love this. I totally get it. Art. When yeah. I walked out of Green Knight, I was wanting to love that movie so much. I've been looking forward to it all year because that came out in August, if I remember correctly. So like all year, I'm just really, really, really looking forward to this film. And I loved the last two minutes so much, but I was actually infuriated at the first hour and 40 minutes. Like you can ask Steve, like when I was walk- walking down the stairs, I was literally like cussing and stuff. I was angry <laughs> because I wanted so bad to think it was the best thing ever. And a lot of my friends to this day think it is the best thing ever. And I just, it makes me sad. So I know where you're coming from. Like, I'm like, I fucking want to love Green Knight. Uh, I'm jealous, you know. (laughs) I want to like Green Knight. Uh, I I didn't love the Green Knight uh, that much either. But I know it's like, wouldn't it be so much more fun if I could just come yeah. Oh, I was pissed. He was ripped shit. I know, it's those feelings. It's almost like, it's like heartbreaking. You're like, damn it yeah like, i there's nothing i can do about this i just didn't like the movie but it's also <laughs> possible because i've i've experienced this many times before where like i might watch green knight you know in 2030 if we live that long and think it's the best <laughs> movie i've ever seen and just be in a different headspace right. or have a different life experience to compare it to or because that's why i hate when people say things like a movie's trash even though you want to sometimes right but it's like the toughest thing to say because you don't know if you have a headache, you don't know if you were having a bad day, you don't know if you just, mm-hmm. you know, there's a thousand things that are like wrong with me that might be hindering me from enjoying the movie. Um, but also it could just be the movie. So it's hard to tell, man. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Sometimes they fucking suck, you know, that's for sure. Um, so anyway, but thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm not going to let you go without doing a Mad Lib though. Oh, perfect. Okay. Are, you, are you ready to do this Mad Lib with us, Sydney? Buddy. Well, this Mad Lib we're doing is titled Beta to the Max. Oh, okay. <laughs> First up, this might be hard, so feel free to use a poster or a photo in your place, but I need a person in the room. Carl. Oh, Carl. Oh, Carl. I need a silly word. A boing. Oh, boing. Boing. No, no, not boing. <laughs> boing. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I need a plural noun. Uh, houses. Verb. Eat. Number. Four. Noun. Box. B-O-X. Okay. Noun. Uh, action figure. They're action figures, Mom. <laughs> Not <laughs> dolls. I need another person in the room. John Carpenter. Staring at my the thing poster. Oh, John, I said hi. Was, is he your roommate? That's so cool. <laughs> uh, vehicle. Audi. Noun. Shoe. Number. Five. A verb ending in ing. Raking. Raking in those bucks. Raking in the dough. Number. Seven. Type of food. Sushi. Mm. Yum. My favorite food. I love sushi. Noun. Curtain. Verb. Throw. Throw? Sure. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. The way you said sure was like, oh, wait, was that not it? Sure, sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> and last but not least, I need a number. 1,072. All right. Are you guys ready to hear what story you crafted for Beta to the Max? Yes. I'm nervous, but yeah. All right. Here we go. Come on down to Carl's Discount Electronics this Sunday for the best deals this side of the Boeing River. <laughs> We have fax houses. We have Betamax. You want it? We eat it. (laughs) Check out this state-of-the-art VCR for only four bucks. Watch movies from the (laughs) watch movies from the comfort of your very own box. (laughs) And take a look at this answering action figure for your phone. You'll never miss a message from dear old Aunt John Carpenter again. (laughs) And speaking of phones, why not put one in your car or your van or your Audi? Better yet, take your phone on the go with a cellular shoe. Now 5% off. But that's not all. This Sunday only, we're raking home computers for half price. You know, you rake a computer. Yeah. Weighing in at only 57 pounds, seven ounces, this lightweight machine makes your parents' abacus look like chopped sushi. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't, I love it, yeah. 
Don't miss this once in a curtain opportunity to invest in your future. So throw your calendars for this Sunday. Lucky customer number 1072 receives a free beeper. Dang. Good job, wow. Sydney. <laughs> Thanks. You might be New the expression. most natural Mad Libber we've ever had on the show. Yeah, you were just spitting I'm them just, out so fast. Just looking around at what's in the room. The sheer confidence. But anywho, so uh, I loved having you on. You're awesome to talk to. Uh, I love your content. Uh, everybody listening, go follow Sydney at Sydney Volpe on TikTok, at Sid the Kid on Twitter. She's got a YouTube. There's links to everything and the other things. Definitely check out her stuff because <laughs> she's awesome. Are there any plugs you have that you want to throw out, Sydney? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. If you go to my TikTok or Twitter, yeah, all my links are there. And just want to say thank you guys for having me on. I am looking at the movie differently now. And it was awesome to, it was a good, really good movie to be talking about uh, some deeper stuff. So that was awesome. No, yeah. Like like I said, I love talking to you about movies. I think you're awesome. And I'm glad that you came. I really, really appreciate it. We were lucky to have you. You have a wonderful day. And uh, hopefully you'll be willing to come back soon because we do these a few times a week and we like having you on. I'd love to. That was such a fun talk, Steve, don't you think? Absolutely. She was so pleasant to talk to. Such a pleasant person. A big fan of hers on the TikToks and the Twitters. You guys should definitely follow her again. It's at Sydney Volpe, at Sid the Kid on Twitter. Um, really knowledgeable, fun person who really enjoys TV and movies like we all do, right? So I think she would be your friend, just like you are my friend. That's what my, th- my thoughts are. Everyone who can hear the sound of my voice is my friend. That's how, that's how I feel. Yeah. And I'm not as lonely as I used to be. Oh, that's good. Don't Aww, you think buddy. so, buddy? Don't you think so? Except randomly so. when the brain chemicals kind of flee and then all of a sudden I'm like, eh, it's all pointless. Uh, but that's okay. I just let that pass. I just sit it. real still. Yeah. <laughs> sit, real, <laughs> sit real still and just let depression walk, crash over you like waves on a cliff. Mm, laughed at my own joke. One star. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah very very grateful to sydney she'll be back on very soon we're already making plans for that and i'm grateful for all of you listeners for listening to us talk about nope i hope you enjoyed the film but at the very least i hope you enjoyed the conversation and uh until next time that's all the time we have for right now my name is chris and i'm steve and andy's not here and sydney's gone and this is streaming Things. happy streaming It's time to thank the patrons. We're going to do this one a little quick and dirty. Mm. Uh, first up, let's do the A's. Am I right? Let's do A. <laughs> thank you, A. Wells. Thank you, Double A, Aaron A, Double R, Aaron A, Aaron B, Aaron K, Aaron L, Adam C, Adam R, Amanda, Amelia, Andrew G, the <laughs> Andrew G, Andrew P, and D, and Dang. Annie H, Arcade Shenanigans, Ariana and Ashley, thank you to all the A names. Now on to the B's, like Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brianna, Brenda, Brittany. Those are the B's. Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. Those were the B's. Uh, let's do the C's. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Caleb, Carlo, Carmelita, Casey H, Casey M, Katarina, Chloe, Cindy, and Cody. Thank you so much, guys. Time for those D's. Thank you, Damien, (laughs) Danielle, David, and DC Hart. I wonder what the DC stands for. What do you think that stands for? District of Columbia. Mm, Hart. Now for the E's. Of course, you, you have to begin the E's with E. Lopez themselves. Thank you, Emily, Enza, Erica, and Irvin. Thank you guys so much. We got two G's, two real life G's, Chris, and that is Gavin and Glenn. GG's. GG's. GG guys. GG. Thank you. <laughs> but there are GG's. I like this. <laughs> yeah. I like this. Uh, we also have two H's, Hannah and, and Heath. Thank you both. Thank you both so much. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if like that's actually their real name is Heath or they just did that to like get in on the joke. I think it is. And we're just being like, just harping on the, on the Heath. Well, if that's the case, I'm sorry. I feel bad now. <laughs> thank you so much, Heath, for putting up with our bullshit. Uh, thank you, Irene. You know, the, the single solitary eye name, uh, standing strong. We need more eyes. Uh, but we know we do got a lot of bunch of J's. So thank you. Oh, hell yeah, man. Argyle, he heard Jay. He he likes that. (laughs) Thank you, Jocelyn, Jacob, Jade, Jake, Jared, Jeanette, 
AJ, Jenny, Jennifer, Jessica, Jimmy, Joel A, Joel T, both John M's. There are two John M patrons. Uh, John R, thank you. Jordan, Josh, Jungle, and thank you, Jadinklage. I think that's how I pronounce that. Yeah, for sure. Jadinklage, is that how you would say that? Yeah. If that's totally wrong, Jadinklage, you write and let me know, and I will correct that. Now it's time for the Ks. Thank you, Kalisha. Uh, oh, this is one thing. So, Kalisha, I want to give you a personal apology. Uh, when I wrote your name down in the list uh, forever ago, I wrote you down as Alicia. So, I've been saying Alicia for like two months. And that's Damn. on me because I didn't know I spelt your name wrong. So, thank you, Kalisha. Thank you, Candace, Kate, Katharina, Katie B, Katie M, Kayla, Kelsey, Carrie, Kevin, Kiki, Kimberly, Kristen, and Kyle. Those were the K's. Now it's time for the L's, but there's nothing L about these people. These people are true. W's. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. W's. Yeah. Uh, Lady Pris. Thank you, Lady Pris. Lauren, Lee, Lisa. Thank you all so much. Uh, Moving on to the M's. We've got Marcelina, Marcus, Maria, Matt, Melina, Melissa, Mel's, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mindy, MJ, and Monique. Thank you all so much. Uh, And you can't do the M's without doing the N's. Am I right? And we got Nick. We've got two, count them, Chris, two Nicole C's. One and two. Nicole one. One. Nicole C one and Nicole C two. I'm counting. You're messing me up. Oh, sorry. Nicole C. Okay, I got it. All right, got it. All right. Now, next up is Orion. He's the only O we got, but, you know, that's a pretty great name, Orion. Next up is the P's. We got Paula, Phil, Patty. Thank you guys so much. The R's are next. In that category, we have Rachel, Reese, the Reed family, Rose, and Ryan. Thank you all so much. Moving on to the S names. Thank you to Samantha, Sandra, uh, yeah, Sandra, Sandra A, Sarah F, Sarah P, Savannah, Sean, Sergio, Shay, Stephanie, Stephen V, and Sydney. Thank you all so much. We got the T's now. Thank you, Tamara, Tara, Thomas J, Thomas V, Thumbs, Toby, Tori, and Tyler. And then rounding out the end of the list, uh, the, the end of that alphabet, we got Will, Yolanda, and Zach. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to all the patrons for helping keep the lights on over here at Streaming Things. Truly, truly grateful no joke whatsoever we love you boom bye